This program is brought to you by The Living Church Boise. This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. The internet is full of advice on how you should live your life. On what you should eat, when you should eat, uh, what you should wear and how to style your hair. Right? It's full of advices and they don't just give you advice on how to look and what to eat but they also meddle around with how you should prepare yourself to die. And I stumbled across an article when I was sitting in a coffee shop this week and I, and I realized that, you know, they're tracking me with what I'm searching and what I'm reading and they're like, hey, 11 things you should do before you die. And I was like, fantastic, maybe this will help me write my sermon. Um, but it didn't, because look at this, okay, this, this is an article titled 11 things you need to do before you die. Number one, I'll go through this quickly, gather important documents and contact information. Okay, got it, right now, okay, cool. Hey. I need the important documents. What's your phone number? Why would I need your phone number if I'm going to die? Anyways, <laughs> execute a last will and testament. Complete a living will or advance directive. I need to look up a dictionary for that. Put in place a power of attorney. Establish a living trust. Update your beneficiaries. Secure digital assets. Assets, that's a funny word, assets. Plan financial arrangements. Make copies and store your documents. Talk with your loved ones. Keep everything current. Because in case you don't make your payment on your insurance, when you kick the bucket, your loved ones won't get the money that you've been paying all your life for. Now, nothing wrong with that, okay? Don't make fun of it. Nothing wrong with it. And if you were talking to a person who actually did that for a living, they will say, talk with the priority, bro. Get it taken care of. And in fact, some of those things, when I was studying it, I was like, you know what? I probably need to do some of those things so that my children and my in-laws and, you know, the church and stuff like that will have some sort of a plan in case suddenly Jesus says, hey, you know what, man? You're crazy. Come home. You know, we're like, all right, sweet. See you later. <laughs> These are things that is important. But I want to give you a pastor's perspective. A, a, a pastor who loves you very dearly. A pastor who with tears prays for you during the week. I want to give you a pastor's perspective. Take it or leave it, but I think this is vitally important. More than anything you do that will reduce the load on your loved ones that you leave behind, more than anything you do that will create less of a paper trail for them to follow, more than anything you do, you have to prepare yourself for where you're going. Let me give you an example. If I was getting a job in Tennessee or Alabama and you know, Atlanta, Georgia. I like saying these places' names. It's kind of funny. Okay, even better. Let's say you're getting a job in India. Okay, you're packing up your stuff. You do family. You got to move to India. You probably will have a yard sale, a garage sale, and you get rid of all your junk. You put your favorite stuff in storage. And I would really hope that you would call me and say, hey, can I get dinner with you, man, or lunch with you? I, I want to ask you a few questions. Can we watch an Indian movie and drink some chai and learn some Indian dance moves? You know, and tell me why they do certain things and why can I buy toilet paper in India, you know? Is there a toilet paper shortage in India if they don't even use toilet paper? Like, what do we, uh, shouldn't, no, we shouldn't have gone there. But anyways, <laughs> what, do you, what, do you, what do you do? Like, no, no, I hope, I hope you're getting it. You'd want to, more than what you do the, with the place you're leaving, you'd want to prepare yourself for where you're going. Sadly, however, we don't stop to think about where we're going and how do I prepare for it now? Now, yes, you can hear the gospel being preached. You can hear Jesus died for you, the blood of Jesus. What a beautiful morning this morning, celebrating the death and resurrection, the power that's there in the blood of Christ. Powerful, beautiful stuff. But how is this going to translate when you go back home to the real world, quote-unquote real world, and the enemy comes in like a flood? We spoke about resurrection. That's fantastic. And I think we need to talk about this. And today, as we come to the final installment in the series, What Happens After I Die? We're talking about that, that, not the moment of death, but talking about death itself and preparing for it. And I'm titling this message, Tying Up the Loose Ends. 
tying up the loose ends. We got to take care of things before we go. We got to finish or resolve some issues or pieces of business that's been left unanswered. It's been left outstanding. It's critical, but we've ignored it and put it away. We've got to tie up the loose ends. It's important for us to talk about the gospel. It's important for us to talk about the blood of Jesus. It's important for us to talk about where we go when we die and how do you know you're going to go to heaven and, and why did God create hell? But we also got to talk about while you're here, are you tying up the loose ends and getting yourself ready for where we're going? Um, you know, there was, a, there was an illustration I was thinking of with this to... to, to to make this point a little bit more clear because I think this is very, very, very important as we bring this topic to a close this morning. If you don't tie up the loose ends, um, it only tells us that you're not prepared for where you're going. You're still living in the world like as if this is your home. And if you're not focusing on tying up the loose ends, it tells me that you're believing a lie that we've heard a lot of people say, live like it's your last. But if you really lived like it was your last, you wouldn't be spending money on the things you're spending money on. You wouldn't be saving money for the things that you're saving up for. You really would just, you would live, if I was, this was my last, I, I don't know. I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. I'd probably be preaching a very different message and, you know, and this very well could be my last. But oftentimes we live, we want to live like, live like today is your last. But instead, when we went through the book of Ecclesiastes, this is something that I learned. We have to live like today wouldn't last. This life wouldn't last not live every day like it's your last. We've got to live like this life wouldn't last. And because this life wouldn't last, we've got to prepare ourselves for where we're going and we've got to begin to tie up the loose ends. So you might be very young, you might be older, okay? No matter where you stand, you have to make this a part of our daily, you know, uh, dis uh, discipline of tying up the loose ends. The Apostle John, he um, has done some crazy stuff with Jesus. He's been Jesus' best friend. It says the disciple that Jesus loved the most. And more than that, if you remember, in the very end of the Bible, he has this unveiling. He sees heaven and he sees stuff that is to come. He sees the end. He sees where he's going. He sees where believers are going to go. And just before the book of Revelation, there are three letters that he writes to the church. First John, Second John, Third John. And he's encouraging the church and believers to tighten up the loose ends. In a part of my introduction, I want to introduce you to the foundation where we begin from. And this is important because... If you begin tying up the loose ends and tightening up the things in your life, but your starting point is flawed, you can be very sincere, but you'll be what? Sincerely wrong. If your foundation is off and you begin to tie up the loose ends to where you're going, you're only going to be fooling yourself. So permit me for a few minutes to lay the solid foundation that we need to build on for us to begin to tying up the loose ends for where we're going. So the Apostle John, he begins building this foundation for his church that he's writing to. And it's beautiful that the Holy Spirit still speaks to us through this inspired word of God. 1 John chapter 2. We're going to be spending most of our time this morning in 1 John chapter 2. He says, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. There's nobody in the entire world who will have the audacity to stand up and to say, I have never sinned. Everybody knows that they've sinned. And I've spoken to certain teenagers when I was a youth pastor that said, you know what, I really think I haven't sinned. And it takes less than T minus two minutes to get them to see that they've been sinful. The, the Apostle Paul, he writes in Romans chapter 7 verse 15, who says, for I do not understand my own actions. Anybody feel that way? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Say, why did I even say that? I'm a pastor. I shouldn't be saying that. I don't understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very things I hate. Not just the things that you don't want to do, the very things I hate I end up doing. 
there are times in our life when this is a daily pattern where we find ourselves in sin every single day there's nobody who could say I've never sinned and the Apostle John as he begins to lay the foundation for tying up our loose ends he says my little children I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin that is God's will for your life just FYI God's will for your life is for you to not sin but the Word of God says that all have fallen short of the glory of God every single person the glory of God is for you to be sinless the, the plan for God that God has for your life is for you to be sinless but we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and so the Bible says I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. Now there are a few buts in the Bible that are like and I cannot lie and this is one of them. It says, but if anyone does sin, but if anyone does sin, because we all sin, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father. My ladies and gentlemen, beloved friends, brothers and sisters in Christ, that has got to be our foundation. Do you have Jesus as your advocate? But we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous everyone has sinned but there's one who's never sinned that's Jesus Christ the righteous and he says that he will be your advocate that's got to be our foundation that's got to be the place where we start from that's got to be the place where we begin to build our life from this is why in 1st John chapter 2 verse 2 it says he is the propitiation that is he's the atonement he's a sacrifice he's the only one that can appease the wrath of God he's the only one who can pay the penalty for your sins he is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only but also for the sins of the whole world he has paid for your sins and he says he will fight your battles if you receive him as your advocate as your lord and your savior and this has to be your starting point before we begin tying up the loose ends and i can stand here and preach till my face turns blue i don't know if it's possible but we could try but if your foundation is not right this tying up the loose ends is only going to lead you astray it's only going to lead you to more depression and more lostness if i can use that word and wonder why does God feel so far away why do I still feel shame and fear when I go back home and this morning I want to confront the disconnect that and you might say I have received him as my Lord and Savior he is my advocate but when I go back home I still feel a tinge of fear a sense of uneasiness at meeting with the master and this morning as we begin to tie up the loose ends, I think God's going to bring you deliverance in that area let me give you a quick update and an illustration at the same time if you've been on our mailing list you've been hearing about a lawsuit that we had on our hands fantastic Joel's getting into trouble all over the friggin place it's great <laughs> January 1st I'm like celebrating the new year right I'm like Jesus great beautiful year I'm wondering if I should fast a whole year like we did last year to get ready knock on the door and I'm getting served papers man it's crazy right in case you're not on the mailing list let me fill you in real quick uh, two years ago during communion we were playing some um, instrumental music in the background while we were participating in communion and it switched to another track that we didn't have the copyrights for and um, and this dude you know sent us this, this crazy thing and wanted to sue us for all that we you know that we had and even more and uh, and I begin falling sick very soon and George is in quarantine I'm in quarantine and I have this piece of paper in my hand and I'm telling you that January 1st I didn't move from that chair man I was angry I was depressed I was sad I was mad I was hitting the table I was like, God, what is happening? Like, what, what is this? I've been faithful, Lord. All throughout the quarantine, I've been faithful. Every single time I stand away, I preach the word. What is happening? Is this going to be it? And it's beautiful that the Bible says that in heaven, he will wipe away every tear. That means that in the meantime, saints will cry. Saints will hit the table and saints will get frustrated. And I was a fool and I held on to it because I was waiting for George to get better. And finally, the Holy Spirit was like, dude, you got to get it across to him somehow. And so I gave it to him. Now, this thing came to my house it had my name on top it had my house address in there and I want to tell you if you received our email this week it's all been resolved and taken care of 
it's all been taken and we're still open as a church and God is still moving and it's fantastic and no one's coming after us to sue us for all we own and more and it's all been taken care of wow okay great and um, now this is the interesting part okay I got this thing in the mail and we're all clean now we're fine now but not once did I talk to the accuser not once did I talk to the judge man I didn't even have to make phone calls to talk to these lawyers and these people in New York and Salt Lake and whatnot. George was the one making all the phone calls and talking to these people. And as soon as I passed it on to him and he gave me a phone call, he texted me, he's like, hey man, I'll look into this. You know what? I was like, I'm free. Let's get back to preaching the word. And I was back to doing what my calling was, to be loved, called, chosen, equipped, and to be, have permission to be who I am. Why is that? It's because I had a person who was my advocate, who was able to make those phone calls, who was able to spend hours on the phone, negotiate things and, and look at emails and dude, because that's something that I cannot do. I'm like, I, I don't know. I'd have been like, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm going back to India. Bye. You know? Because <laughs> in India, copyright means the right to copy. So take that. <laughs> but but as, I, as I've been preparing on, on laying the foundation before we begin to tie up loose ends, it made me wonder for you, do you have an advocate? Do you have someone who will be willing to deal with your accuser? Do you have someone who will fight your battles? So that you have the permission to be who God made you to be. Do you have an advocate? And Jesus says, I will be your advocate, man. Amen. I will represent you. Any day of the week, I will, hey, I will even represent you before the Father. Because I know your failure. I know your sin. They say two people you shouldn't lie to, right? That's your lawyer and your doctor. Because you get into trouble if you lie to either of them, right? And Jesus says, you don't need to lie to me because I know you. I know your failures. In fact, knowing your failures, I tell you, I love you unconditionally. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And he's inviting you to receive him as your advocate, to fight your battles, to stand up for you. Not for you to act like you're all clean and like you've never sinned, but admitting that you failed and say, I need an advocate. You see, we wouldn't need a lawyer to represent us if we didn't have a case in our hand where we failed, where we were wrong. We've all sinned. And because of that, we all need an advocate. And that's got to be a foundation. That's got to be a starting point. And if you're here and you don't have Jesus on your side as your advocate, this morning you need to receive him as your Lord and your Savior. You need to receive him as a person who will stand in for you and fight your battles, who will stand before the Father, who will stand before the accuser, who will stand on your behalf and say, he's my child, I got him. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store.